Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2. Sitting in front of the fireplace on a cold day, I placed a dry, dead log on the coals. It ignited easily and burned fervently. Oh, how magnificently do dead logs burn! Yet once the heat was increased and the fire reached the heart of the log, the fiery trial that it faced revealed that this seemingly dead log that had burned so hot and bright had something still very much alive in its heart. And as the fire touched that spot that was not yet dead, smoke began to fill the house as steam poured out of the heart of this log in a fuss, causing me to have to close it off in the fireplace in order to keep it from causing damage to the whole house. God himself, through the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 17, verse 10, reminds us of the dire necessity for us to get alone with him and let him search our hearts because we think that everything is okay, but he sees the deepest parts. He said, I, the Lord, am the one who searches the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing." That log had seemed so dead, so perfect for its position, but something lay hidden in the heart that made it destructive when touched by the fire. This is why it is so important to have patience and not try to get ahead of God. Don't trust your sight, logic, or understanding. He knows what is in the heart of man. Give him time to deal with every part of you. Making sure that you are fully dead to self. So that you will burn pure and clean and not cause damage to his house when placed in your position. All of the greats of scripture knew to endure this time of waiting and testing with patience unto great and mighty blessings. Therefore, we should be no different. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2 says this about the Israelites in the wilderness. It says, And thou shalt remember all of the ways that the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to Prove thee to know what is in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. You see, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, and God is always testing. Sometimes we pass, and sometimes we fail. Yet if we learn the lesson, then do we still prevail? Learn to see your fiery trials for what they are, and you will more easily, joyfully, and patiently endure them. For they are for the learning, and for growing, and for precious time in the classroom of God. 
They are how he speaks to us as dear children. It is part of our communion and fellowship with him. Sadly enough, there are those who refuse to sit and listen and with patience be taught by him. They stay on the playground and forfeit the wisdom and greatness that he is trying to impart to them. They never take the test and therefore they never progress. They don't see the greatness that is lost by their impatience and childishness. But for the wise and the prudent, the patient student, they sit and they listen and they trust the teacher's wisdom and wait until he tells them that all of the flesh is dead. Therefore, is it now safe to step out into your sonship and be used to the fullest? Or, it's still a lie. Get back in the seat. The lesson's not complete. So trust him. Even when you don't understand. Because we only know what we see. While he knows the heart and what's still underneath. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 tells us this, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. These things that lie hidden inside, these sins of the heart that are easy to hide, are usually things unseen like fear or pride or unforgiveness. Those things that manifest when the heat's turned up, the trials and the tribulations come upon us, when pressure, exhaustion, old hurts or wounds, these things that have not been given over completely to the king, these things that can come alive in a moment when the fiery trials get too hot, when there is stress, exhaustion, oppression, persecution, when high demands are placed on you. You know, you don't have to wait until stress causes these things to manifest. You can just ask Jesus. David said, Lord, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. But if you ask the king this thing, don't be surprised if he begins to bring it to the surface, possibly even through difficult situations. It's okay. It is worth it if he can get at the root of the issue. You just have to come to him completely with all that you are and say, Lord, deliver me. Take this thing away from me. I'm asking you, help me to forgive. I want to release this thing. I choose by faith to speak and release it. And I believe by the power of your grace that I can receive freedom from it. So if it be pride, then we say, Lord, we choose to abide in your presence and confess these things as sin and say, Father, forgive me, cleanse me, cause me to walk in your righteousness. If it be something like offense or unforgiveness, say, Father, I don't know how to do this, but I release this thing to you. I choose to forgive this person. I speak it out loud in faith faith and by the power of your grace I know that I can be cleansed and forgiven and walk in freedom from it the gospel is not complicated my friend but it is sacrificial we have to give up our grudges we have to give up our crutches 
We have to put all of our faith and trust in Jesus, his words and his teachings. We have to confess our sins, our faults and our failures to him. And we have to ask him to come in, cleanse us, empower and equip us to walk in freedom and fullness and boldness in the Holy Spirit. We are sons and daughters and priests of his kingdom. We can't hold on to these petty things that we've gained or have been done to us in the world of men. We have to do what Jesus did, who was our Savior, our King, our High Priest, the propitiation of our sin, and also our example and demonstration. We have to say, Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. I'm not going to get mad at the puppet. I'm going to see things the way they really are and say, get ye behind me, Satan. I know you were the one pulling the strings. You won't hinder me with hurt or fear or pride or offense or any of these carnal and silly things. I'm going to follow after Jesus and walk in greater things. So I lay down the lie, the hurt, the wounds, and the pride, and I pick up my cross and follow after Christ. Because scripture tells us with all assurity that all of these things that we endure in the temporary, they are laying up for us a greater weight of glory in eternity. So that I can say no matter what has happened to me or what may come, it's okay. It'll be worth it. The day that I stand in eternity before my Jesus. Lord, fix our perspective. Take our eyes off of the puppets. Let us not miss the majesty of the forest looking at one tree. Help us to see the spiritual things and live for eternity. So then why do we go through these things that stir us up, that touch these hurts and wounds in us? Because God has to show us what really is in the heart. Because what's in the heart will find its way out of the mouth. At some point, that poison will come out. The Bible warns us to be cautious that any root of bitterness springing up in someone who is in the ministry will pollute many. In Proverbs chapter 10, the author talks a lot about this. And in the writings, he pins the words of the foolish to the heart of the wicked. And then after it follow the rewards of iniquity. We want to receive the rewards of righteousness, so let us examine our heart. Let us allow the Lord to touch those spots in us that what's inside might surface and then repent of it. Let him deal with it because as this proverb says, he that refuses correction is led by the spirit of error. So why does the author pin the words of the foolish to the heart of the wicked, leading them into the rewards of iniquity? Because he knew that they were inevitably linked. You see, Jesus told us that some might think it's a sin to commit adultery. But he said that it is sin to just think about it and lust in your heart. Then he states that we know that murder is a sin. But Jesus says that if we merely hate our brother, then we have already committed murder in our hearts. And he sees it as the same. Because Jesus was pointing out that sin starts in the heart and is counted sin by God who tries and knows the heart 
far before it makes its way to our actions. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So let God search you and do his perfect work in you. The proverb, as does the book of James, lays out the pathway of sin that we might recognize it and deal with it as early as possible. First off, all sin is birthed in selfishness. The devil will plant a selfish thought or lie in your mind. He will wrap it in pain, flattery, excuses, whatever justification he needs to get you to allow that seed to be planted in the garden of your heart. But these selfish reasonings or toxic fertilizer, to say the least, because once planted in your heart, it may lie dormant for a little season. And you might not even realize that it's there. You might even think you've dealt with it, but in actuality, all you did was really ignore it or move away from the source of it. But just as any seed, when the conditions are right and you least expect it, it will spring up in the form of your bitter words. This is the first manifestation of the weeds of sin now growing in your heart. If not plucked out immediately, they will root in deeper and deeper and grow stronger until those words manifest into actions and then produce the poisonous fruit of all-out rebellion or selfishness and serve only to plant more seeds of iniquity into the hearts and lives of others around you, which in actuality usually falls on those closest to you, your loved ones, friends, family, and congregation. Therefore, does the sin cycle continue? This is why the proverb tells us that the wise watch their lips, because it serves to show us what is really in our heart, that we might repent and call on God to pluck out anything that need not be there before it gets rooted in and becomes actions that damn our souls and poisons the hearts of others around us. Because many a people have cursed their own blessings into fruitlessness, poisoned their own promise, and dug up their own vineyard by simply not watching their mouth. Because the words of our lips are the fruits of what is in our heart. Scripture says that we ought to speak that which is edifying to the body, that which ministers grace or the power, favor, and influence of God through us to others. In other words, our words should be the fruits of faith, grace, love, selflessness, long-suffering, joy, temperance, and so forth that is planted in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that resides there. If selfishness, bitterness, backbiting, guile, malice, manipulation, contentions, gossip, slander, strife, or any other such thing proceeds out of our mouth, then it doesn't matter what we call ourselves. It is the fruit of iniquity that is in our hearts, planted there by the enemy. So examine the fruits of your lips that you might know what is in your heart and take actions if necessary to evict that which is displeasing to the Lord. When things get stressful, when the heat turns up, when there is pressure, resistance, oppression, persecution, whatever the situation, 
and it causes something to stir up within you and you say something that you know does not rightly represent Jesus or his character, then examine what it is. Ask to be forgiven. Forgive who you need to forgive and repent. Ask the Lord to heal that woundedness, to give you his spirit and characteristics and help you to be more like Jesus. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.